At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is VSIN's Beth Center. Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Barles. It is a Christmas Saturday night here in Vegas. Merry Christmas, everyone. We're happy that you are bringing us into your house on this lovely holiday. Ben Wilson's going to be with us in a little bit. Uh, the usual co-host with me here on the show. We're going to him live from Wisconsin. It'll be a lot of fun on that with Ben joining us in the next segment for the rest of this 8 o'clock Pacific hour. But let's dive right in on what just happened in Indianapolis, or excuse me, in Arizona with the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals just probably had their last gasp go haywire. A fourth down at six and in the Indianapolis end, with five and a half minutes to go, Arizona goes forward. Murray throws incomplete. And the Colts, who, again, no Darius Leonard, who are without 60% of their offensive starting line. And it has not mattered. On the road, and the Colts look like they're going to be sending Arizona to their third consecutive loss. It is 22-13 to 13, late in the game. Carson Wentz, the story tonight. We have seen good Carson Wentz tonight. 18 of 28, 225, two touchdowns, no turnovers. And that last number is the big one. No turnovers for Wentz as Indianapolis, who, again, with a loss tonight, would have been eliminated from AFC South competition. It would have clinched the division for the, for the Titans. And, again, Indianapolis would have had to definitely win their last two to get in the playoffs. 
Now look, they win their next two. Indianapolis probably looking at the five seed in the in the AFC, which a big advantage to the five seed this year, because look, it's a matter of what you think between Tennessee and Cincinnati at this point, because more than likely Tennessee and Cincinnati are going to be the three four. Kansas City has the inside track to the one seed. Kansas City is going to be favored in their last three games. They do have to go to Cincinnati next week, which is not an easy game. But you imagine Kansas City getting the one seed. New England and Buffalo, the winner of that game tomorrow is going to win the AFC East. Because if Buffalo wins, Buffalo then would have the tiebreak on New England, assuming both went out. Buffalo would win the East. If New England wins tomorrow, the East is over. New England clinches. They'd have a two-game lead with two to go. Well, actually, I guess I'm wrong. Technically wouldn't clinch because Miami technically could hop New England if New England lost out and Miami actually won out. They'd have a sweep over New England in that case. And miraculously enough, in that scenario, the Miami Dolphins will win the division at 10 and 7. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Go from 1 and 7 to winning the division? Could you imagine? Oh, man. What a, what a job Brian Flores has done to at least keep Miami alive. And getting, uh, getting the breaks with all of New Orleans quarterbacks being out on Monday. Uh, got Miami beforehand. Uh, you're sitting pretty with the way that line is. But look. I, I really do think is I, I, we can go back to the AFC playoff picture for the, for the purposes of this. We'll give Indy the extra win here. We'll give it the nine and six. If you look at this board here, and we talked about this with Dave Ross two segments ago, even though Kansas City is the back-to-back AFC champions, they don't they don't strike the fear in you like they did in the past. Even though their defense is what the improvements we've seen through the year for their defense are legitimate. Legit improvements for ten, for Kansas City defense. Other than the two Raider games and the second half against the Chargers when Derwin James didn't play because of injury, their offense really has not been the same. The Eagle game against the Eagles early in the year, their offense looked legit, look, look, look like old. But that's it. You don't really scare me. Now, if Kansas City has home field, gets the buys, able to get everyone healthy, yeah, they're going to have a distinct advantage, and they should be a pretty significant favorite to come out of the conference. The big issue that you have, you look at those, look at everything right now. Now, on the in the hunt part, the teams that are currently out: Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Miami, Cleveland, and Denver. None of those teams are capable of winning three games in the playoffs. None of those teams. Now, Baltimore, if they get Lamar back, the they, would be the one that is the best chance. The problem is they're going to lose tomorrow and they're going to have a big up to, uphill battle with a game against LA, the LA Rams next week to boot. And if Lamar is not healthy, and even if Huntley gets cleared, that's still a tough game for them to win. Everyone else, Pittsburgh, Miami, Vegas, Cleveland, Denver, I think Miami's the best of the bunch, but I don't think any of those teams are any good. They're not capable of winning three games in the playoffs. Now, the current seven playoff teams in the AFC are the, are the teams that I do think are the seven best in the conference. Even though Buffalo, uh, look, I don't I don't know how good Buffalo really is. I think they're I think they're a soft team in comparison to some of these teams. But in the end, the Bills they are the one team that if Josh Allen gets hot at the right time, their defense plays well like they are capable of against these bad teams against a good team. They have a chance. The Chargers are the most volatile of these of this bunch. Justin Herbert is great. That defense is not. 
It's part of the reason, and again, we had. I'm not going to go into the were the Brandon Staley fourth down decisions right. They were right. They just didn't convert. That's a results-oriented uh, reaction that we saw off of those. Chargers' defense is terrible. Their offense is great. If they had the fourth down variance on their side, they win a game by two touchdowns against Kansas City, and they are getting the number one seed potentially in the end. But they have a chance because of Herbert. The problem is their defense stinks. Cincinnati, I don't think they're ready yet. I think Cincinnati's in the case where next year would be the year for them. And I think Joe Burrow still has a little bit of a way to go. I think Herbert's, Herbert's better than Burrow at this rate. But Burrow is going to be a great player down the line. There's no arguing that. And uh, I don't trust Zach Taylor. I don't think they're good enough to win the game. So that leaves us four. It really is a shame for Indianapolis. I know Wentz has been awesome tonight. But I don't trust them to win three playoff games, especially if they're three road games. Even though they're built the way that they have with the great offensive line when healthy and a great run game, I don't think they're built to make a playoff run. That leaves us New England and leaves us Tennessee. Tennessee, here's the deal. If Tennessee gets Derrick Henry back, it's a whole different ball game for them. Because then you have the best offensive player in the NFL that is a quarterback back. And we saw with even just A.J. Brown back how big of an impact that was for Tennessee's offense in that second half against San Fran. And then New England. I don't trust New England to win the AFC yet. I don't think Mac Jones is good enough at this point in his career. Now, next year, could Mac Jones be good enough for the Patriots to make make it back to the Super Bowl? Of course. Their defense is quite good. One of the better ones in the, in the NFL. Great point differential because of how good that defense is. But I don't, th- I don't trust Mac Jones to go a place no rookies gone. They never made a Super Bowl. They never won a Super Bowl. I don't think New England is capable of that with the current version of Mac Jones. The AFC is just a mess. At least with the NFC. Now that Arizona, you can throw them out. The NFC, you can at least go with four teams. Tampa, Dallas, Green Bay, and the LA Rams. Man, if San Francisco had someone better than Garoppolo, San Francisco be in that mix too. But Jimmy G kind of just showed us why they're not trustworthy in the playoffs. He was so good in the games leading up to Thursday night too. And he was so bad after the first 10 passes he threw. And there was a reason they lost that game. And for the NFC side, look, even though Green Bay is going to get likely going to get the number one seed, they're t- going to go 14-3 and assuming they handled their business the last two weeks. There's something about that team, even with how great Aaron Rodgers is, I don't trust him 100%. I don't know why. It just It's just one of those weird scenarios where they're just not all the way there on Green Bay. But here's the problem. The team to trust before last week was Tampa. That was the team. Great weapons. Tom Brady. Coach, I think, is one of the five best in the league. A defense that is getting healthier. But the problem is for Tampa, they just got goose-egged against New Orleans in a game where Evans, Godwin, and Fournette got hurt. Now, tomorrow, I get, look, Carolina's defense, Carolina's a mess right now. But look, in the playoffs, Mike Evans, you expect back, they think Leonard Fournette will be able to do get back after a three-week IR stint. Godwin season's over on the tour in ACL. Are we trusting Tampa to win three games in the playoffs and two games against two pretty darn good teams, regardless of how it plays out? I don't know. Those injuries scare me off of them. 
And for Dallas, we talked about it. Dak has not been the same since that calf injury. And the Mike McCarthy tax is real. They are not good enough with McCarthy as their head coach to win three straight playoff games and make the Super Bowl. I don't. I can't remember a playoff where both conferences were this wide open. Because like, like last year, you figured Kansas City was going to come out of the AFC. The NFC, I thought Green Bay was going to win the NFC going into the playoffs. Brady and company got through. Looking at you, Jared Cook. Just hold on to the football and the whole result might be different. Would have ended up with New Orleans and Green Bay. Packers probably would have handled their business. and would have been a totally different course of history. Instead, you had Brady win again. It'll be a fascinating last three weeks of this NFL season. And the playoffs are so wide open. Really intrigued to see how it all plays out as we move along in these NFL playoffs. By the way, Arizona and Indianapolis at the two-minute warning. Colts still lead 22-13. to Cardinals trying to get on the board here uh, in the last two minutes. They have one timeout left. You're kind of in a scenario where you just have to – I would. I guess I would kick the field goal as soon as you're in range. But the problem is Prater's missed three kicks tonight. Been a mess. Colts again on the verge of win number nine here on the year. Looking to beat Arizona on the road and send the Cardinals to their third consecutive loss. When we get back, Ben Wilson, the usual co-host with me on this program, is going to join us. We're going to start going through these games for Week 16, including Fader Follow, the remaining three games in the consensus of Circa Millions. That's next. VEASAN's Bet Center on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show tonight or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows, download, and listen on your schedule as well. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get the Beating the Book Megapod with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum, Hardwood Handicappers with JVT, and our shows like the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, and more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast today. It is vcin's Bet Center. I'm Jeff Parles. We're going to bring Ben Wilson in in a second. Matt Prater, good on a field goal, finally. So it's 22-16 to 16, Indianapolis with 42 seconds to go. Going to come down to an onside kick there at State Farm Stadium as the Colts will just need to recover it, and they do to win the game, and the Cardinals will be sent their third straight loss and actually be second in the NFC West. Well, let's bring in Ben Wilson live from a very uh, look at that. Even even e- even in the in in the in the is it is it the old log cabin, Ben? Is it the old log yes, cabin or just yes. the regular cabin? Yes. Uh, Merry Christmas from Spread Eagle, Wisconsin. There that is go. a real place. I, I brought it up on primetime action a couple of days ago. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, predictably. Uh, were A, skeptical, and, and B, thought it was hilarious that, that this was the destination I was spending Christmas in. So, yeah, so really going all in, uh, Jeff, on the on the log cabin here that was built in the uh, in the 1930s. So I, I hope you uh, I hope you appreciate that I was able to pull away from my family viewing of Talladega Nights, as is tradition on Christmas night, to uh, to join you. All right, all, very right, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. How do we, uh, how, how does that, how does that work in the tradition? I've, I've never known, uh, it, I, I, we've known each other for a decade, I've never known that one. It be, it so it be so when I was a kid, we would come to Las Vegas either every Thanksgiving or Christmas. My grandma lived out there, and one year, whatever year Talladega Nights came out, I was like ten. We decided to watch it, and one of my uh, grandmas, uh, my my late grandma, who uh, bless her heart, was all about you know caroling and doing the traditional stuff. She saw we were watching Talladega Nights, and she uh, and she was so mad. She went into her room and, and laid on the floor because we were not watching <laughs> Rudolph or something else. And it became something of a uh, of a running joke with her. And uh, the only part of the movie she liked was when they were in the bar and the and the two pit crew guys, the the guy who plays Jack McBrayer in uh, in in uh, in Thirty Rock, is asking one of the other pit crew guys, oh, "My nan is turning 88 in a month. I don't know what to get her." And and the guy turns to him and says, "Get her a coffin." And my grandma, who was like 85 at the time, started laughing hysterically. So that was like the one uh, that was the one good part. <laughs> Part of that that just takes you inside our family dynamics, Jeff, which I know you you know. Oh, about, hey, look, I don't that, know that it, our viewers do. And it, it, it all uh, it all checks out in the end. I just didn't know the backstory <laughs> on that one. By the way, Indianapolis recovers the onside kick. It is over well, after one more kneel down, or maybe two, because Arizona has a timeout for Carson Wentz. But what a win for Indianapolis without a, without Darius Leonard, without ending up with 60% of their offensive line. The Colts go on the road and beat Arizona 22-16, to 16, assuming that we don't get any weird chicanery on the final snap or two of the game. Michael Pittman Jr. recovering the onside kick. What a win for Indy, Ben. And 
look, uh, for Arizona, Ben, the, the, these Ram NFC West champion tickets that I had that looked dead a month ago are all of a sudden, I, Rams win tomorrow. I'm going to be a pretty nice-sized favorite when, this, when those games are I'd done tomorrow. So. I'd say I mean, it's amazing. I, I, look, it, it, Arizona has been a, a sloppy football team now for the better part of a month. Everything they did tonight uh, was sloppy. And as much as... Yeah, like I had a, a Packer Indy uh, teaser coming into tonight, made that before I left town and got a bad number. I, I bet Indy when they were only catching a point. So it was a Packer down to one Indy up to seven. I will first thank uh, the the gift really for, of this Christmas was Kevin Stefanski's play calling in Baker Mayfield, which essentially gift wrapped me that Packer teaser leg. Uh, but the, the sloppiness here with, as you mentioned, I mean, especially when it was apparent that and I know Jonathan Taylor was amazing just as, a, as an individual runner, able to get two, three extra yards, it seemed like every time, despite not having anything. But the general sloppiness of this Arizona team that we've seen is something that I think for, you know, for us handicapping week to week, it to me, Jeff, is, is completely different handicap now that we're in week 16. And I know we'll apply this to some of the games we'll talk about than it is, say, in week six or week seven, when you're trying to, to sell high on teams in the market or you're trying to buy low on a team who's struggling. I heard a lot of talk this week about, all right, it's time to buy low on Arizona. Well, it's week 16. I mean, we we know what this team is right now. They were a great starting team. It's been pretty apparent under Cliff Kingsbury. They're what they're 0-4 now in in games with a chance to clinch playoff bursts. They're just they have not been a team who was able to play their best football down the stretch. And I commend them for holding out Kyler, getting away with it, winning two of the three games with Colt McCoy as a starting quarterback. But it's just not a, a team that is sharp, even with some of the veteran guys on that roster, Jeff. And tonight was the most glaring example. Even more so, I I felt than the Monday night loss to, to the LA Rams we saw. Oh, I, I look uh, three straight losses. Look, the Rams won. It's going to happen. They 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 had a they if Murray doesn't throw that interception, they they go up double digits. Maybe it's a different game. Made a bad decision, threw into double coverage, interception. Rams ended up really outplaying them the rest of the game. So be it. The Rams are a good team, divisional rival. What are you going to do? These last two ones are a little more inexplicable. Even though I like Indianapolis a whole lot when they're in full strength, they have a chance to come out of the AFC if Wentz doesn't totally blow up. But tonight, with the offensive line injuries with Leonard, this is a game you got to win if you're Arizona. And now, all of a sudden, uh, they, they could be looking from one seed to one and done pretty easily in the NFC playoffs. By the way, Ben, the circuit consensus, we're, we're, we'll go to fade or follow here as we're talking. Yeah. The, the the Packers and the Cardinals were number five and number three, respectively. So the circuit consensus off to a nice 0-2 start to begin the week. Packers laying seven in the, in the contest. Browns, of course, covered out one relatively easily in the end. And then the Cardinals, who were a one-point underdog in the contest uh, when these lines came out on Thursday morning, uh, you get four and a half points of uh, closing line value. It doesn't matter, Ben. It really been a horrible year for closing line value in this oh. contest. So... The other yeah. two, the, the top two that we'll get to in a minute uh, with the Bengals and the, and the Dolphins, uh, it might be a little frightful here this Christmas week uh, for those uh, for those who selected those teams this week in the contest because closing line value has been, in this contest yeah. this year, has been a mess. Well, you know, it's fascinating too, though, is we're in that, that final stretch, and we talked about this last week where you've got the game theory part of this within your own contest, depending whether you're in Circa, whether you're in Westgate, whether you're in, any other contest here like i in our our visa employee contest i i took indianapolis tonight and it was partly because a i liked indianapolis in general now at the time when i made the pick it was one uh, where indianapolis was getting one in our contest certainly they're laying one and i'm thinking look there's there's one i mean unless you get a tie 
or anything. Like, it's really not going to matter with the number right around even. So I know on the surface, like, you are right. Yes, three and a half points of, of technical closing line value. But what does that really mean? I mean, in, in reality there. So that was partly my the pseudo game theory there. Of, All right, I don't think many people will take the Colts because it's a bad number, because they're going to close an underdog. Of course, I did not foresee the level of injury that we came in knowing that there were a couple guys out, didn't think it would be that bad. And of course, you have Quentin Nelson go down in what the second series of the of the game tonight, which took that situation from uh, from going bad to worse. So to, to me, that's one of those interesting spots where just because you're getting the worst of the number two, it's like, I mean, it's one thing if, if you like a team and, and they're only laying two and a half in a, in a contest and then it comes out and they're in, in real life, like we'll talk about with a couple of these, where they're laying four and a half or even greater. Yes, there is obviously inherent value there. But I looked at this spot as maybe a, an overreaction point for at least people in the contest saying, oh, uh, Indianapolis laying a point where it's two points different, at least when we were, we were making these bets. And then now, as you mentioned, Jeff, as it closes, three and a half points worse, I'm going to stay off that altogether or just play Arizona. So I, I disagreed with the, with the move in general, although I understood at the very end, injury injuries aside, that was the biggest uh, part that you I know you've discussed throughout the show on the Indianapolis side. So uh, I, I went one and one. I took the Packers as well. I liked getting the uh, getting the seven, not having to lay the hook. And if we're being honest, Jeff, I know you were watching that whole game. I mean, if if not to like belabor the point here, but if Kevin Stefanski understands that his offense is running the ball like eight yards of play every time on Green Bay and takes the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands, Cleveland has a really good chance to win that game, and they probably do win it. It was a completely baffling. Uh, way they manage that game and uh, and I mean look Green Bay is up nine and they've got the ball and they have two straight three and outs to ice the game but uh, to me Jeff uh, that was the most confounding se <laughs> sequence of decisions I felt like the entire day between the the two I'm not sure if you agreed with that look I look this has been Ben this has been a two a two week stretch of just infuriating happenings for Cleveland where last week even with all the COVID issues they probably should have won that game against Vegas and then today, look, they were the better. You're right. I look, they were the better team. They ran it for eight and a half yards of carry today, and they managed to lose uh, despite that because of uh, look, uh, Baker with four interceptions. Uh, Douglas got away with the hold at the end. But look, if you're Cleveland, shouldn't even even come to that game. You probably should have won anyway with the way you were running the ball. But uh, they did get the money though, getting the uh, getting the cover. But in the end, Cleveland's playoff chances uh, getting 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 down to slim to none for the Browns after their back-to-back -back losses against the Raiders and the Packers. Ben's going to stick around. We're going to have uh, we're going to get into these fader follow games. When we get back, number one and number two consensus in the Circa Millions, the Bengals and the Dolphins. We're going to start with Cincinnati and Baltimore, of course, a game that had big COVID news this morning coming out with Tyler Huntley being ruled out, and we get the Josh Johnson experience for the Ravens. We break down those games next. On the Sins Bet Center on a Christmas night here at Circa. I'm I'm totally with you, Jeff. Even before the news, it, I almost think for people like you and, and I mean it to, me to an extent, but for you and Wes in the contest, I mean imagine I, I'm sure you guys almost felt somewhat snake bitten in a way that this news didn't come out, you know, say five hours later because. I, I'm I'm really curious to see how many people actually would have put Cincinnati in, especially when you consider some of the other contests like Westgate, Cincinnati only laying two and a half in that contest. A lot of betters out there could have gotten the Bengals early in the week at that number before it went up. Uh, so in a way, uh, play, you know, playing this with the contest, I have no issue, even though you, 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 as you mentioned, you knew it would probably be the number one, especially after the Huntley news coming in. 
And you think about it, too, especially with the current matchup, and it's aside from just the injuries on the Baltimore side, hey, what's the one thing Cincinnati consistently has done really, really well all year? It is defend the run. And we saw how that played out in the first game. And even though Cincinnati has had some of the defensive regression after the really hot start, still 10th in, in rush defense DVOA on the season. And you now have a Baltimore team where even if it was Tyler Huntley, even if it was a, a compromised Lamar Jackson, a team that was going to uh, to have to, you figured, rely on, rely on the run. That's exactly what they do. And it's the one thing that they matched up poorly against Cincinnati, especially with how banged up the offensive line is. I mean, we, we talked about that earlier with, uh, with Indianapolis. But to me right now, I mean, especially this time of year where cohesion is so key on your own lines, and especially if you're dealing with a, a less than 100% quarterback or a backup, uh, that is a, a huge thing, at least to me, in the handicap. So uh, no issue at all with that being number one. I guess the, the discussion is more on the game theory of, you know, if you're in a contest and you're, you know, you're close to being in the money or whatever, are you, are you fine with almost uh, just, just avoiding or, or giving up the opportunity to gain a game on the field by not playing this game? But I guess the, the reverse angle of that too, Jeff, is are you, would you then be comfortable by not playing this game, just allowing the field to potentially pick up a game in this game? It's the whole, you know, bingo square mentality that, you never know exactly because it's the National Football League. Anything can happen. But there have been a few games this year where you, if you have a reasonable level of confidence and, and, and belief that something like this with a huge line move still feels really, really good, you're almost in a way obligated to still play that. And I, I definitely feel that way about this game. And I'm not I'm not surprised you and Wes felt the same way. Too. Yeah, it just look, it's just one of those where you're just trying to win at this point. It doesn't matter what the rest of the herd is doing. If you're again, we would probably have to go on a giant. We've had a solid year. But when the money is like 66%, it's just hard to, it's hard to keep up in a year like this. Uh, so, uh, look, the Bengals, I, if you're Cincinnati, if you lose this game at home to Josh Johnson and, in essence, lose your best chance of really putting a firm grasp on the division lead, you're not going to be able to really live with yourselves at that one. So, uh, even at the 7 tomorrow, at the 7, I don't really want it. Baltimore manages to play all these games by one score, regardless of who's playing anyway. So uh, I'm going to stay off. And I'm going to stay off that total, too, because it wouldn't shock me if Cincinnati scores 38 points in this game. So uh, really tough at these numbers. They put up 41 the first time, Jeff. I mean, I, would 30, not be... ben, ben, what's stopping this game from being 38-10? I mean, that, 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 that would... would make a whole lot of sense if Cincinnati runs them out and it's something like that. Also, too, one quick nugget on Cincinnati. Uh, the... Um, the Bengals played the Broncos last week. In the the last six opponents, going back to that head-scratching Dallas game against the Broncos, every team that has played the Broncos since then has exceeded their team total by nine points in the following game after Denver. So that's something to look at, where Cincinnati just takes full advantage of not playing that Bronco defense. That is pretty underrated. So something to look at that. Uh, that was from Warren Sharp earlier in the week. Ben, you, gave that, you gave that out on the uh, on, on the Megapod, Jeff. I was listening yep. to the podcast sitting in uh, in seat 10A on my Delta flight. There you go. Out here. It's like, the, oh, that's a great nugget by you, Jeff. Very the, well done. The Megapod where uh, Todd Wishnev was well-behaved until the final 30 seconds of the show. It was very good. There I, yeah, from, I, from, he, let, he let me down. I, I, my, my pure joy of listening to that show is Todd just alienating everybody on it. And uh, although I... I, why, why, why did so many of the f bombs had to get uh, bleeped out? I mean, we're not. That wasn't technically an on-air Veasan product. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm going, Alex. I'm going to, to plead ignorance on whatever happened after the right. recording. That's all. So, I, I think that's Sounds a question, a question for our guy Ortega, who's uh, in the chair tonight. Uh, 
obviously. But, uh, Ben, uh, let's go to the second one. Uh, look, this is one of those where the news on Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon came out on Thursday at about 9 a.m. on Taysom Hill. The picks come out at 10 a.m. for the lines for this Circa Millions come out at about 10.15 in the morning Pacific time on Thursday. So at the time, Dolphins reopened as a pick against the Saints. Now Miami's a two-and-a-half-point favorite across the board against Ian Book and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, ben, look, uh, the Miami pick them 1,336 selections here. With the way Miami is feasted on teams with mediocre quarterbacks during this big winning streak that they're on, the six-game winning streak, there's no reason to think again that they won't take full advantage of Ian Book making his first NFL appearance on Monday night at home against the Dolphins. I, I have to think so. And it, it's partly just the way the Dolphins play you defensively. It's not like their personnel is all that great. And you, you look at the advanced numbers, it's not like they've it's not like they've really been like a consistent top five defense. I mean, we go back to the start of the year when they were struggling and they were, I mean, they were a bottom five defensive unit. And I remember at one point saying, you know what, like Xavier Howard was off to a horrible start as a, a cover corner. And there was a game where he was out. And I'm like, look, that might actually be better for Miami at this point. It's not like things have really changed necessarily personnel-wise for them, Jeff. It's more the fact that they are such a blitz-heavy team, and they have leaned even further into that than I thought they could possibly go, which I kind of give Brian Flores credit as head coach for basically saying, look, this is like the one thing we do well and we know how to do. It is blitz, blitz, and blitz the quarterback some more. And as you point out, this latest stretch when they've gotten into games where you're you're facing the Cam Newtons of the world, you're facing the Mike Glennons of the world, and now Ian Book walks into this, I, I know it's going to be kind of weird just optically, like watching a game in the Superdome on a Monday night where you where you look at a quarterback who's theoretically on paper is going to look totally helpless. Uh, I, I just wonder, too, I mean, it's obviously somewhat of a downgrade simply because he's going into a primetime game has not started before, but uh, Taysom Hill looked so unimpressive. And for that matter, before him, Trevor Simeon, outside of his one, really his one appearance in relief of Jameis Winston in that Tampa Bay game, both of those guys left a lot to be desired. I, I wonder too what this line have like would would enough people have probably not just because of the move right but would like how many people would have played this if it was say Taysom Hill a quarterback who has been awful who cannot do anything besides run the football with a Miami team that would have been getting points in that scenario it's kind of a fascinating what if uh, so to me I again no issue with that either uh, I I in in the contest I'm in where we use the Westgate lines those that was Miami plus three so that was an easy selection for me there I did not play this. In my personal, uh, the, the entry I'm in using the circle lines, but again, I, I have no qualms about it. And it is, uh, I'm almost in the camp now, Jeff, of where, where we're seeing things start to shape out in the AFC playoff picture. And we're going to have a little more clarity of, of what will really be up for grabs with that seven seed and the teams that have, you know, a legit shot. I am really now rooting for Miami to make the playoffs because that will be an extraordinary team to fade when we get to January. I am now all, like, give me Miami off of like nine straight wins in the playoffs going to Foxborough or something like that. I, you could not, uh, you, you would have to talk me off of like, of just betting everything in a, in a matchup like that. Cause this is a co- totally fraudulent team that is absolutely feasting uh, on this subpar competition. Right. Ben, now. ben there's a realistic chance, but there, there, there's not a realistic chance, but there is a not totally insane scenario where Miami can still win the AFC East. Like there is a chance of that. And again, I don't think it'll yeah. happen, but look, I'm with you. I, I look, I, I think the dolphins have been, even though I liked, I liked them here. Even at the two and a half, I, I think Ian Book's going to turn it over three, four times, and it's just going to be a nightmare for New Orleans. Kind of look like that uh, that Buffalo Thanksgiving game where Simeon looked completely incompetent. 
But I, look, Miami's doing it against mediocre teams through smoke and mirrors. If they once they face a reasonable team in Week 18 against New England, I think that that winning streak ends. It's going to end next week in Tennessee. Actually, I should say. We're going to continue on fade or follow the final Sunday selection next here on Veasan's Bet Center. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet Center. I'm Jeff Barles. Happy to be with you live from Circa on a Christmas night. Ben Wilson live in Wisconsin, almost in the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Gonna get the Detroit Lions and the Atlanta Falcons on his television tomorrow. You're honestly, hey, it's the you're the winner of winners on that one, Ben. That that's that's a game we all wanted to watch. Uh, Tim Boyle on the road in the NFL for the second time. I mean, thank God for Sunday ticket. I, I don't know what I would have. Uh, <laughs> would have been I a problem. Ice well, yeah. look, Sunday ticket. There are a lot of. There are look. You usually get some matchups that are not the sexiest in, in, in this late in the season. We have a lot of doozies tomorrow, man. We have a lot of doozies, uh, in, in just a way of just bad team versus bad team, uh, in the NFL or games that are just really hard to handicap. So, uh, let's get into one though. That is really intriguing and awfully important, though. Arguably the best game of the day tomorrow. 
Buffalo goes to Foxborough. They'll take on the Patriots. Of course, the Patriots, a few weeks ago, went up to Orchard Park. Mac Jones threw three American forward football passes, and the Patriots still won the game in Buffalo on that blustery, windy night at the Ralph. To take the lead in the division, of course, the final that one was 14-10. to 10. Tomorrow, Ben, uh, it was two in the contest, Patriots laying two. Buffalo getting the two was the fifth consensus play. We're now seeing New England laying one. There are some COVID concerns and injury concerns in the wide receiver room for the Patriots. 43-and-a-half is the total. Ben, I'll, I'll let you go first here because I would not be surprised by much of anything in this game. I'm with you on that. I will, as far as the, the fade or follow portion, I I would fade uh, that that pick in the consensus. I, everybody I know is extremely quick and eager to throw out everything we saw in the Monday night game just because it was one of the more ridiculous weather games that we have had. As you alluded to, those, those three forward uh, American NFL passes, uh, notwithstanding, it, it made it just, you know, give all the optics of, all right, this is a game that you can't really take away anything from. But uh, to me, I think you could take away some things. And the biggest one was, uh, and you, you could argue in just in a general game, the most important part of a handicap, the battle in the trenches at, on the offensive and defensive lines. New England, despite it, when you still look at all the, the advanced numbers and the DVOA, these are two teams that are still both top five defensively. Both have been have been dominant all year, and, and you see on your screen too some of the uh, you know some of the things that, uh, that even though it doesn't necessarily show up just from a pure scoring standpoint, they have been really really good defensively. But New England proved in that game they had the better offensive line, bullied their way to to a huge running game, uh, you know, in in a hole on that, and, and also defensively too, they were able to get pressure on Josh Allen when he did go back to pass. They prevented that. Well, it is an admittedly weaker Bills running game from getting going. So to me, I, I still like what I'm getting out of the Patriots in a matchup like this where you're coming off a loss with an extra day to prepare. And I, I felt, too, like for in a situation like Bill Belichick's in, you've won seven straight. You were coming off a bye last week and still a pretty young team, all things considered. We heard some of the rumblings, too, uh, in the locker room. You know, he, he wasn't thrilled with, with some of the things Mac Jones was saying in the press this week, which was kind of the first time we had gotten any sort of inkling that Mac Jones wasn't this, this perfect golden boy poster child there in Foxborough. Which, to me, it, it, that's something Bill Belichick, if we know him, uh, having watched him coach over the last 20-plus years, he likes for his team, likes leaning into them and, and having uh, being able to build up something negative uh, on them going into a game like this. And uh, to, uh, to me, uh, to, it's just a little weird to see. I get the, the COVID uh, concerns, and certainly when you're going to be potentially without receivers, already without one running back here, and it, it sounds like Harris will give it a go. It did get into practice on Friday, but without Ramondre Stevenson, certainly there are concerns there, Jeff. But... New England is the better football team right now. We have enough of a sample size, kind of what I was talking about earlier. It's week, it's week 16. We're not trying to judge top of the market, bottom of the market. We know who Buffalo is. They're a team that has one signature win over Kansas City on the road when the Chiefs were completely broken early in the season. They've been exposed by playing really good teams in primetime spots like New England in the Monday night game, like Tampa a couple weeks ago. Even even Lang, even with the move going against me here, and it'll probably end up being more like a pick and we'll obviously see what happens based on what, uh, what what the final injury and COVID news comes out tomorrow morning. Still, give me New England in this spot. Give me the team that is more, that is better coached, has a better offensive and defensive line in this matchup, can still get by, assuming Harris plays, pounding the rock on the ground in, in what is going to be another, one of those cold weather, obviously not as windy, but, uh, but raw days in Foxborough. Give me New England uh, in, in this matchup. I, I really do like that. And that was a contest play for me this week. So I completely 
uh, faded what we saw in the uh, consensus for this week. Yeah, so here, here's the deal. Buffalo has – both sides have wide receiver issues this week. I neglected to mention Cole, Cole Beasley, out, COVID list. Gabriel Davis, out, COVID list. Davis is going to miss next week as well. He's unvaccinated. He's going to be out next week based off the positive test coming on Thursday. New England, of course, Kendrick Bourne are waiting to see on his status. There's other injuries as well in that receiver room. Ben, I don't know what to do with this game, though, because I think New England is actually better, and they match up pretty well with Buffalo because as good as Buffalo's defense has been, and you mentioned it, they've been awesome against horrible teams this year other than that Jacksonville game which still is the most perplexing result of the whole year. But they, against good teams, they've come up short. They've been soft in games where they've been asked to do enough. Heck, this team lost to Pittsburgh week one. Not like the Steelers are any good offensively, and they managed to lose that game. So, look, I'm, I would lean New England, especially since this number's coming down. I understand why Buffalo's getting bet. In, in the models, Buffalo's still grayed out as a top-five team. They still grayed out as well as a team that a lot of people think is rightfully the second or third favorite in the AFC. I think they're soft-minded. I don't think they're that good. I think Josh Allen has come back a little bit where he's still a top-ten quarterback, but he's not that top-two, top-three guy we saw last year. And in the end, I'm going to take the better coach who schooled Sean McDermott when they played three weeks ago. So I'll take New England again. I will lean New England playing the 1-120 one on the money line with the Patriots, mm-hmm. that's where I would lean there, Ben. And well, and you mentioned too what the models show. The models still show New England is a top five team as well. These yeah. are two teams that when you, I mean, the advanced numbers in the game, these are two really, yeah, the, I mean, these are two teams that are basically even on paper with a, you give a very slight edge to Buffalo. So sure, does does maybe New England minus two and a half at home? Does that does that seem like a fair line? Uh, given that you give us maybe a slight edge, maybe a half point edge in the modeling to Buffalo in a road spot, and you don't give New England the full three. I think that's totally fair. But, uh, again, it, it's been weird, Jeff, with these last couple of COVID weeks. We've seen the markets, and you know, some some of the market moves have been accurate. Some have been completely inaccurate, like what we saw in the Cleveland Raiders line movement from last week and the Washington Philly line movement from last week as well. Some of these moves kind of anticipating various COVID news, and, and the, the, the line moves we're seeing, to me, Jeff, clearly indicate that there is a – uh, a lack of optimism surrounding a, a good batch of these Patriots who are on the COVID list. I mean, we've seen how premature this stuff can can be. So, look, sure, if we wake up tomorrow morning and all those guys are out, and if, if Harris is a scratch, you don't have your top two running backs and two top top two wide receivers, sure, I don't feel the same way about, about how I do right now. But it, again, speaks to where this has been such a weird time from the just the overall line market movement as a whole that this, to me, this line should either be New England minus two and a half or minus three. I will gladly play them in that uh, in that sub-field goal category. And I would still, I mean, I guess right now, if you're sitting, you know, watching us right now, yeah, like it's down to one. At this point, you're probably better off waiting because it's not going to jump past a full three. There's still going to be value tomorrow morning if those guys are actually in. So I would still wait at this point if you hadn't, haven't bet it. But I, I, don't, I just don't know what we're doing really with, I get that people want to get out ahead of the market on this stuff, but when nothing is confirmed and we aren't going to, we know what we're going to know. It's not going to be tonight. It's going to be tomorrow. I just don't understand why these moves have been, uh, have been so egregious and fast. And look, some of them have obviously proven to be, uh, to be spot on and clearly looking ahead correctly. And others like that we saw last week have clearly been off and it has not just been a, something where as a better, you can blindly trust these, these anticipatory market moves. So that, that part has been a little bit odd to me, but I'm, I'm totally with you on this one. 
Ben, we have about 90 seconds. I want to sneak one game in here. The Chargers and the, and the, and the Texans. Uh, Mike Williams put on the COVID list. He's not going to play. Austin Eckler, COVID list. He's not going to play. Jalen Guyton, COVID list. He's not going to play. There was a little bit of a moment where he kind of got afraid. Oh, Chase Daniels got put on the COVID list. But Herbert looks good to go for the Chargers. The Texans have 20-plus guys on the COVID list, including Brandon Cooks, who is their only good offensive player. The Chargers are up to 10.5-point favorites. There is some 11, even an 11.5 behind us here at Circa. Do we trust the Chargers to cover this big number? Uh, I do. It's at 10, I played them in, in a contest. Uh, look, parlays, I definitely would. I mean, you mentioned the 20 guys, Jeff. It's of the 22 starters, 18 for yeah. the Texans. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a horrible it's, team it's, to begin it's, with. It's an expansion roster who has 18 of their 22 starters as of right now out, including like their entire offensive line, their best offensive receiving threat. Yes, I, I trust the Chargers. <laughs> I do. That's all I can say. I would not be afraid of throwing them in any sort of a parlay or even playing them out right here in this spot. I do like them uh, even even laying double digits on the road. Yeah, I look, uh, Chargers might be able to name their score. And also, too, even with their problems uh, defensively, they may not have a bad time either getting rushed in the pass with all those Texan linemen out. Also, Bosa won't play either for the Chargers. Ben's back with more with me here on VEASAN's Bet Center. We continue on. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.